1: log talk radio
2: Everything is uh, backwards, I think um, Lewis Carroll would appreciate this year. Um, Everything is backwards. One of the things that I've noticed is backwards is the truth, and kind of frustrating a little bit when we can't uh, seem to find any of that truth. Anywhere you look, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of discussions, a lot of claims, but not a lot of truth, not a lot of actual real truth that uh, is laying in front of us right now, and I think that uh, that's definitely maybe of all the problems of this year, I think certainly one of the big ones. Anyways, you are sitting here with me, hopefully uh, gathered around your computer or your phone or your, I don't know, any kind of a digital device, and uh, hopefully you've got yourself a nice cup of joe that you can share with me. The idea of this show, this podcast, The Cup of Joe, is that we... Find ourselves in a friendly space, a, a safe space, a place where we feel comfortable to sit down and and let our guard down a bit. A place where the truth and the truth only applies. And I think that that's important. You know, anybody who knows me knows that if I know something, I know it. And I will not be shy about it. But if I don't know it, I'll let you know. I'll tell you that, well, I've heard this, or I I don't have personal experience with it, Um, and I'm generally not going to bullshit my way around uh, a conversation like that, because I believe that the truth is really important, and when you know something, it's based on experience. You know, sometimes we know something because of a tradition that's been passed down, but I don't know, you get into things like religion, and you get into things like even science. You know, think of all the things that people knew at one point. They knew the way things were and the way things worked. Study the history of medicine and see all the things that people knew, and then they discovered that maybe they didn't know it. And I think as we come to understand the universe a little bit better, we come to know and unknow a lot of things. And I think there's a, there's a strength in an honest position that says, well, I don't know this to be true, but this is what I've seen. And I think if we were to be more honest about things of, you know, of that nature, I think maybe we'd be able to move the intellectual ball forward better. I think we get ourselves caught up on opinions, feelings, and we forget that knowledge is based on experience. Uh, So many times, you know, somebody will say something and somebody will repeat that something as though it's truth, and then the next person they tell it to takes it as truth because they heard it. And I just think that especially today where, where there's all kinds of claims about all kinds of things from legalization and what it means and doesn't mean to the viability of, of natural medicines and things it means and doesn't mean um, to our, our, our criminal justice system and things that it means and doesn't mean. You know, I've just recently witnessed over the last six months um, two of our team members get hoodwinked by people that I believe meant well, by people that that were trying to help and were giving just horrible, horrible advice over and over again. And I kept watching it be taken, and I kept watching bad ideas get executed. But, you know, what What do you do? You know, at one point, people have to be responsible for what they do. And I think it's our responsibility as as people that care, as, as people that are part of a community um, that have at least in some way pledged to be a part of the solution. And I believe very strongly that the solution has to be based on truth. So we're entering into a presidential election and a major uh, election cycle in all elements. Congress, Senate, uh, state legislators, um, judges, ev- uh, every kind of uh, office is being, is being uh, elected this cycle. And I don't know if you've ever witnessed elections before, but these MFers get up and just lie. They get up and just say whatever. And mostly what they say are, are, are smear tactics against the other guy. And I just can't help but wonder, what if we had a campaign of truth? I know there are people that do this. You know, there are people that put out voter guides. I wonder if we were to be able to see the record of the people that are running for office, if we were able to see their voting record of, um, uh, their positions on things, anything public, if it was to be presented in a way that was really clear, that we could just look and make a decision based on that. I wonder if we would ever vote an incumbent in. I bet it would happen a lot less than it does. And I'm wondering, why don't we have that? Why isn't that that done? Why isn't that done so easily and clearly? Why isn't that even mandatory? Why doesn't the opposition even do that? I just don't know the answer. I know that occasionally um, candidates will ask each other how they voted in a particular uh, situation. I just watched that happen in Kansas uh, a few days ago. But I would think that in 2020, where we have access to everything, every single, vote that was cast, every vote that was, ad, that was abstained from, every single thing that we would want to know about a candidate, why isn't that laid out in bold letters for us to look at and make a decision? I firmly believe right now both parties are full of crap. The Libertarian Party is full of toxic people. And there's independents and lesser little parties here and there, but I think the independent ticket is the way to go right now, just simply for those other reasons. And I just can't help but wonder what would happen if we got out there and voted, and actually voted, you know, not 30% of the... Registered voters, not 40%, not 50%. Hell, what about 80, 90%? What about 95, 98%? Wouldn't you think that we might do a better job? Wouldn't you think that we might actually get um, what the nation really wants? You know, if you travel around this country, as I've done recently, And you go to different parts of the country, you'll realize that we don't have one country. We have a number of countries. And if you go to the big cities and if you go to the West Coast especially, you listen to one point of view. But you go into the center of the nation, and it's an entirely different world. Which one's right? Is either one right? It's my guess. And I don't know, I'm just I'm just maybe being a little naive here. But as I look around and I see the world that we live in and I see the situations that are unfolding, knowing that some elements of it are true, some aren't, I generally get an idea that I'm not happy with my government. That's how I feel. I don't feel genuinely that I'm represented by my government. And my government is supposed to be a representative republic. There's supposed to be elected officials that represent my will. That's the way this is supposed to be set up. We don't have a democracy. We never have. But we're supposed to be able to elect somebody that based on their platform and based on their claims and their promises, that they're in line with our way of thinking enough to where we believe that they would represent us. I don't believe that's happened. I don't believe that maybe has ever happened in my lifetime. And I can't help but wonder why it is that we put up with it. I don't know. Maybe something to think about. I do know this. I want to make this show about gratitude. It's been a big year. It's been a big 10 years. You know, Human Solution International is coming up on its 11th year anniversary. In November, I think, is when we originally incorporated in 2009. And we've been a 501c3 since 2014, so we're... We're, we're past six years of being federally recognized in good standing, and we plan to stay that way. Why? Because we operate in a pretty simple, clean way. Everything's transparent. We don't do everything. We try to avoid raising a bunch of money because generally that gets nonprofits into trouble. We're an all-volunteer organization. Nobody that works with this organization has ever made a dime. We have a separation of leadership and finances, so we have, you know, one person who takes care of the money, the other person takes care of the executive decisions and things like that, so that we have it just kept simple and transparent. The work we do is clear. It's all grassroots. We have people that that volunteer to participate. Generally, we have more people that need help than we have help to give, but, um, When we need to, we can raise money for little projects or big projects. We've recently sponsored a bunch of projects, the Walk for Change being one of them. Um, Just this last week, we sponsored uh, um, the Seeds for Change, uh, a little farm that's going on at the Texas Texas Music Ranch. Uh, We've we've been doing a lot of different work beyond just supporting cannabis uh, victims of the cannabis, cannabis prohibition of victims of the drug war. We've been taking on Native American issues, we've been taking on veterans issues, uh, disabled issues, a a number of different issues that are in the more uh, mainstream civil rights pond, if you will. Um, So today I really wanna take some time to thank everybody who has, for the past 11 years, Made the human solution possible. And I've got a bunch of guests on today or people that have come on to give uh, some updates and whatnot. And I've got a pretty laid back show, so just uh, sit back and relax and enjoy. Hopefully, uh, you'll want to join us. If you decide that you've got something you want to say, maybe you're grateful for something. You know, the human solution has helped so many people over the years. And anybody who's been part of this organization for a long time knows that most of those people take our help and then go away. It's okay. It's not, we're not doing anything we do um, with an expectation. That's, that's kind of the, the true joy of, of a volunteer organization. When you volunteer yourself, you're volunteering for a greater good. And we need help. We need volunteers. We need members. We need, uh, you know, it's the funniest thing. I know that um, every year I'm a member of the AAA Club, and um, I know that at the end of every year, if I don't renew my membership, I lose my benefits. And one year I didn't renew my membership, and I lost my benefits, and I uh, I had to start all over again. You know, I'd been with them for 10 years or something like that, and I had the you know 300 mile tow and all the Extra bells and whistles and fancy stuff you can have, right? Nope, didn't pay my bill one time, and they sent me all the way back to the end of the line and had to start all over again. So I knew, now know that my membership's good for one year. Most people, um, when you sign up with a membership, you realize that it's a membership for a period of time. But for some reason, the human solution, I have had people come up to me I don't know how many times Oh, yeah, three years ago I signed up as a member, and I never got my card. I'm like, okay, well, what about last year? (laughs) What about within the last year? You know, I mean, you know, this is an organization that has run on the backs of its volunteers. Um, Most of the people that are in leadership have donated so much more than just their time, but, uh, you know, there's a handful of people that have carried the financial load of this organization for ever and the membership when it comes in it really helps it makes a difference you know we have a website that's got a lot of function we print up uh uh, brochures and and postcards and all kinds of of materials that help people understand the value of this organization the things that we do and that all comes from the membership it it all comes from the donations that come our way every once in a while we we have an effort to uh support somebody, not too long ago, um, and I can talk about it now, we actually rebuilt the home of Jennifer Hess, who just recently took a plea deal, and now because of all the hard work that a number of volunteers did, and um, because of the generosity of a number of of, uh, donors, that we were able to to literally take a, a home that was unsuitable to live in and rebuild it, make it to where... This mother now gets to visit her kids, and soon enough we'll be reunited with them. And that's what the Human Solution did. We did that, and we did that because of you. And for that, we're grateful. Everybody who has ever donated, um, a lot of anonymous donors, people that do the most, um, people that are the most generous, in this organization, generally, don't talk about it, and um, so because you don't talk about it, I don't have to mention your names. Um, if you wanted that, you would have done it.
3: But you know who you are,
2: and we are very, very grateful. And I know some of you are listening because I see you on the line. Um, and and every dollar that you've donated has been noticed, and every dollar that you've noted that you've donated has been. Uh, in my opinion, spent wisely and carefully, and um, it's done good. It's, it's done good for a number of ways, a number of reasons, a number of causes. And they all have to do with human rights. Many of them have to do with uh, ending cannabis prohibition. All right, if you want to call in today, we've got a bunch of callers today. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, pick up the phone and dial 646.
3: By the
2: way, I made you co-host, and Craig is in the room. Oh, okay. Well, let me actually, I I totally, since I got brought in at the very last second, I forgot to put up my virtual background. So let's do that. And then. You cannot
4: blame that on Bobby. I no, will blame
2: that Bobby. on Bobby. <laughs> I will absolutely blame that on Bobby. And then we're going to go ahead and bring up Craig. And. I've got my co-host with me today, awesome, there he is, Craig Cecil, welcome to the show. I think um, you're connecting to your audio right now. Yes, sir. Awesome. So, you know, we've got a pretty laid-back show today, and we're just talking about, uh, 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 we have a lot of announcements. We have a bunch of work that's, uh, that's, that's just recently happened. We have a number of guests that are going to come and do, uh, do some updates. Um, But I was going through just kind of being grateful for all the people that have helped to make this organization what it's been. We're coming up on our 11th anniversary as an organization right now. And, um, you know, we've been all volunteer. We've been, um, you know, donor-driven. We've never had any big corporate sponsorship or anything like that. And as a result, we've been able to, uh, you know, do what we want and not be beholden to anybody. And we've been, uh, you know... As, as an all-volunteer team, um, we've had a lot of people come and a lot of people go, um, but there's enough of a core that have stayed the course that we've been able to do some really great work. Um, and so, once again, if, uh, if if somebody wants to call in and share a story, or maybe maybe share something they're grateful for, I think today is a good day. We live in a world where everybody's afraid and 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 angry and and frustrated and and so many negative experiences and emotions and I think it's important right now that we remember to be grateful and that we remember that we're still living in a place where we have more opportunity than probably any other place in the world and that um, most of our, of our experience is based on our attitude and our opinion. And Craig, you've always been one that has inspired me with that because when you were in your darkest days when you had a, a life where you had no hope of freedom you always somehow kept a positive attitude you always kept a i don't know you'd even find a way to to laugh you'd even find a way to to just share a story about something that amusing that was happening um there where you were living how, how you've been able to do that you know now i can see it'd be easy but but you know in the past 18 years how, how were you able to hold your attitude so positive when so many people are so negative out here. I
5: found that you, there was really no choice for me because the, the only other choice was to be angry about my situation. And it's just no fun being angry. <laughs> I mean, I mean a, a little bit of anger here, here and there, you know, over some event that's unfolding in front of you is okay. But the prison is full of people that were perpetually angry about their situation. And it just seemed like their days would be way too long and way too, um, you know, way too dreary. And what I did is I, I stayed in the fight. And, I mean, I look at some of the famous people that have went through those situations. One that comes to mind is uh, Nelson Mandela. Yep. He did every day like the first one. And uh, and, and look where he finds it. took him, what, 30-some-odd years? 30 years, yeah. 30
2: years and it plus, was, yeah.
5: But you know, he his situation turned around for him.
2: They couldn't break him. A lot of other people. Yeah, they couldn't break him. That was the thing that that in all the if you if you read about him and all the things that he endured and all the things that they tried to do to break him, he just wouldn't break. He just wouldn't break. <laughs> and he came out and 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 you know he was embraced by the by the world, and. um you know, the, the, the good he did was, was as much about just staying the course and, and keeping, keeping the power to the people. That was what he embodied was the power to the people that you couldn't take that away from him.
5: Well, like here in Illinois, all the license plates say Land of Lincoln. And one thing I hear quoted all the time is, Lincoln ran for office, I think it was like 12 or 14 times before he actually got elected.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was,
5: <laughs> I mean, he's seen as one of the most successful presidents in history. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you say that because a lot has been written about Lincoln, and I, I've, I've read several different um, narrow-focused biographies of him that were not about his entire life but about a specific point in his life and I just recently read one that, that talked about his pre-presidential life and all of the efforts that he made. That guy failed at more things, more times, and went through more crap before he finally found his his pace. And, I, you know, I think that that's, that is something that a lot of successful people, and success comes in all kinds of ways and all kinds of, of flavors, but those that... Are able to endure and and stay the course. I, I call it grit. You know, if you've got enough of that grit to stay to stay going, that's you got a chance, anyways. You got a chance at uh, at coming through. And I think that the attitude, you know, an attitude of gratitude is the thing that um, can help everybody. It can help you as an individual get through difficult times. But if you find yourself in a in a situation where people look up to you or, or they they require you know, your guidance or whatever, that same gratitude helps for good leadership and I think that I think we need more of that in the world. Imagine if um, if our elected officials were a little more grateful and a little less whatever it is they are <laughs> I think we'd be in a better spot.
5: And unfortunately too many of us are, are trying to make are trying to accomplish an ideology rather than trying to accomplish
2: a goal of accomplishing something. And Some of them are trying to accomplish the, another term more than anything. I mean, it's like it's like the only president or the only elected official that you can really ever count on to do anything decent is ones that are termed out. You know, if they're in a lame duck situation, that's what you say. Well, now they can do some good because they don't have to worry about getting reelected anymore. Or just just some of them
5: that that showed that skill, that that found a way to get through the day with a smile and all that. Two talented politicians I look at there are Ronald Reagan with an overwhelmingly Democratic Congress, and then Bill Clinton with an overwhelmingly uh, Republican Congress. Both of them accomplished quite a bit. Sure. They, They, you know, shining as a result, even though they had to give in at least as much
2: as absolutely you know it's, it's interesting that you say that because i believe that the last time that our national budget was balanced was under clinton and you know i don't know i i, I seem to remember that the politics were just as as polarized like the, the the left and the right were just as different from each other but it didn't seem that the differences were so toxic they weren't so venomous they weren't so i don't know willing to just be dark um in in order to gain it seemed like there was a little bit more at least the appearance of the care for the greater good like even if both sides disagreed that there was some element of it was for the greater good that they compromised or didn't and now i don't see that you know i don't see any willingness to to do anything but you know keep one for our team and and i think we're we're entering or or in the middle of kind of a dark time as a result of it i think that it's going to require a revolution by that i just mean everybody get out and vote (laughs) you don't you don't need a big revolution here to make change all we got to do is you know elect some new people just like that you know imagine the power we have
5: well, like, like you talk about the balanced budget under Clinton, Clinton was a liberal Democrat. He, he I mean, he didn't have a, a reason to want a balanced budget. He wanted to spend more and do more. But uh, New King, uh, Speaker of the House, said, "Nope, we're going to shut down the government." Yeah. One of the first shutdowns. And you know what? He found a way, and he found a way to get some of the things he wanted. And he ran around and did with this
2: balanced budget and got away with
5: it exactly how we need
2: them (laughs) there was there was almost some creativity to it i mean you know there was some extremist active actions but nonetheless there was you know it it just didn't seem like it was so caustic at the time you know as it is now i mean you know it just seems like everything is mean-spirited in a way that it didn't ever seem to be when i was younger i mean i was in my 20s, when Clinton was president, but still, I, I just don't remember the the, the caustic political um, arena that it seems to be now. Well, one thing that amazed me this morning, I was looking through
5: the list of that are part of the Democratic National Committee. I looked at what uh, how all the votes fell, where they decided that they would not make legalizing marijuana part of the Democratic plank this year. And what's her name? Barbara Lee is is Barbara, the uh, representative from California, who in the the past she sponsored uh, bills in favor of uh, either decriminalizing or somehow liberalizing marijuana laws, but voting against making it part of the Democratic plank. Now, what happened? I mean, how did – how did her ideology? How
2: did her vote change so drastically? Well, I think if, that, if there was transparency about special interests donations, I think we would underco- uncover all of those, all of those uh, experiences. I mean, you know, the problem, one of the biggest problems we have, is the influence that special interests have on our politicians, and we elect them into office, and then the special interests come along. And shower them with opportunities and, and money and, and gifts, and then ask them for a favor, you know, and and, and those favors tend to be legislative acts and, and votes for and against things, and I'll bet you if we were able to dig up under the hood a little bit or peel that onion away a little bit that we would find um, that there would be some special interest that was against, um, you know, the, the decriminalizing of of cannabis um, that that had given some influence to her. Be my guess.
5: That
2: would make sense. That would make sense
5: because so many names that were on that list, as Novo, just appalled me. I mean, how how could you know somebody's ideology change so drastically? And and really, how come the people that are voting for her?
2: Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of something that happens, and, I I, and I've, you know, I've been in the activist world for a long time now, and my position has never changed. My position is simple that cannabis should be decriminalized, regardless of how it's scheduled or regardless of how it's regulated or whatever. It should be decriminalized, and I have my personal uh, feelings about the regulation end of it, but that's not... It's separate from the decriminalized part. If we were to make it to be not a criminal act, meaning that it could get you locked up, you could have your property seized, you could lose your voting rights, and all the other things that come with being charged with misdemeanors or felonies, if that was out of the equation, it would be a different dynamic. But you know what I've found in the activist world? And I've watched it happen in Michigan. I've watched it happen in Colorado. I've watched it happen all over California. Oregon, Washington, I watched it happen, that the very same people that are hardcore activists in trying to pass a law that allows for something to happen, and then they get that law passed, and they find their way into the industry, and they're able to capitalize on that law, regardless of what happens to everybody else, the second that happens, they get that foot in the door, they stop and they're good, and everybody else is still in their struggle, and people are still going through their legal battles, and those very same people that were once you know, the, the, the champions of this fight, you don't hear from them anymore. Do you realize how few um, legal uh, marijuana uh, companies have ever voted or, or donated anything to a group like ours that is actually trying to support the victims of the drug war, almost none, you know. I mean, literally, it's just like as soon as they get their foot in that door, they start collecting some of that, uh, that pot money, it's all over. They just, you know, dig in, and that's their, that's their new footing. I think the same thing happens to elected officials. I think even some elected officials go into a campaign with a good heart uh, in, in some cases. And I always say, well, they drink from that poison well. But what that poison well is is special interests that come up. And imagine, you know, coming in, you know, like the Jimmy Stewart type. You come in, and you're you're this good guy. You just got brought into Congress, and, and you got a chance to make a difference. And as soon as you sit in that session, all of a sudden, these people come gathering around you, and, and, and they say, well, you got to meet this guy, and you got to talk to that guy. And if you want this done, you got to go through him. And anybody that is doing this has to go through them. And you learn how the committees work, and then you come to find out, well, hell, this guy, he's in that guy's pocket, and this guy's in that guy's pocket, and this guy's in this guy's pocket. You learn that the lay of the land's not the way you thought it was or maybe the way it's supposed to be. And then you start showing up at an event, and somebody comes up to you and and hands you something nice and shiny and says, hey, I like you. You're, you're a nice guy. I like the way that uh, you come into this office, and, gee, you bring so much promise, and and, and and I think that, you know, you could do a lot of good for the country and, oh, by the way, I've got this uh, bit of legislature I'd like to see, maybe you could have a look at it, you know, and, oh, you know, while you're looking at it, why don't you and the missus go out on a nice vacation on us or whatever they do, you know, and and the next thing you know, there might be a little bit of legislation that looks pretty good for the district that this guy's in or 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 for his constituency, but... Then all of a sudden you look at the other side of it and says, Well, we gotta earmark this and earmark that and earmark this and earmark that and that's gonna go to this guy and that's gonna go to that guy and that's gonna go to this guy and all of a sudden you know, these these good intentions get watered down into the politics as usual that we're dealing with. And I you know, I think I think frankly, politicians don't fear losing their job. I think that they learn the racket, they learn how the system works, and they learn that if you just do these things, you play the game, right? Everybody's heard that term. You got to play the game, play the game, and you'll get, you'll do all right. Or don't play the game, and you'll get what's coming to you, right? And I think that there's a lot of that that happens, and I think they count on the fact that there's only 25 to 35 percent of us that ever get out and even vote that ever even pay attention and those of us that do get out and vote who do we vote for well we remember that guy's name why cuz well he was there last year right and and what's the what's the rate of incumbency uh reelections i mean i think it's it's staggering i think if you were to look at the general record aside from the presidential election which is maybe the one that the only one that doesn't isn't a guarantee of that but most congressional le- elections especially uh, you know, smaller offices, um, I, I think once you get yourself in there, you got a real good chance to stay in, and, and, and you get yourself in there a few terms, and you got even a better chance.
5: But well, remember, I have a little different perspective because I'm in Illinois. <laughs> in Illinois, we've kind of gotten used to we like our uh, uh, politicians for because it makes them predictable. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's why in my lifetime four Illinois governors have went to federal prison. Right. <laughs> right. But nowadays at least some even they wouldn't vote on. You know what I mean? And and like the the big surprise this morning is look at Representative Barbara Lee. She's against marijuana all the time. Now,
2: how can that
5: be and what does that that reflect on
2: the people that elected her i uh, I, I I can't help but think in California especially um, that there's an overwhelming uh, acceptance of cannabis and and there's an overwhelming desire for the federal burden to be lifted uh, I can't imagine that whatever district she's in um, unless she's somewhere in the san Joaquin valley there's a few districts that are still pretty conservative and are not necessarily supportive of it, but um, most of the districts are are are, are pretty uh, understanding of the relative safety and the benefit to uh, the people and even the economy. Well, listen, Craig, I've got a bunch of people on the line that want to that that have some things to say. This last weekend, um, I went out to Kansas, and uh, one of our um, chapter coordinators, one of our, our members of the Human Solution, is actually running for a seat in the, the Kansas House of Representatives, and um, he was able to uh, participate in a debate um, at, a, at a Republican club um, over there in Kansas, and I was able to, to be there and, and, and be supportive. Um, and you know, it's something that we've actually launched a 501c4, which is a, a political nonprofit that can raise money for um, candidates, can can support and introduce legislature, and we're actually going to be moving forward as a, an incubator to raise up candidates. So when people um, think that maybe they want to run for office, that we're going to create like a clearinghouse of of information and, and make it easy for them. They'll be able to plug into our our system that we haven't created yet, and and be able to uh, be guided into the process of how to run. For office, or how to get connected to uh, to your party if they're if you if you want to have a party affiliation, and and make it easier for more of us to get involved um, in the political world. So I've got Mike um, Webb up on the line right now, and he's coming up on the phone, not on the Zoom, and uh, he's going to tell us about what's going on. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. We're doing great
0: out here, Joe. You know, plugging away. We got a lot of work to do.
2: <laughs> well, you know, um, you're you're definitely representing um, something that I think is important and needs to be. Uh, we need to educate people about number one uh, that it's really not that hard. Number one, you come up as somebody who who is most people would be would think that you couldn't even run. I mean, you're you're uh, a felon who who has gone through a bumpy spot in his life and has taken on a, a, a productive role in society. You've jumped into um, an, a number of elements that are are very, um, in my opinion, you know, um, noteworthy are to be looked up at. And and you you're out there working hard as a business owner. You're out there. Uh, working with uh, uh, our nonprofit, and, and you've been working with other nonprofits as well. And now you throw your hat in the ring, and, you know, what's that been all about? What's, what's the experience been like? Uh,
3: well, you know,
2: the experience
0: is, is that most people need and want people who think like we do. Uh, you know, 70% of people do not trust the government, and they need regular people in there. The problem is always comes when you've to I have a list of people, so hopefully it works to my, my fit. Um, but at, with the 501C4, I mean, we have to know the inner workings of running a campaign, right? So somebody's got to do it.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, you jumped in there almost two years ago when we introduced the uh, Human Solution of Kansas Act and and we submitted legislation um, into Kansas State Legislature that was more or less a mirror of Oklahoma's and uh, we were able to get it, um, you know, uh, we were able to to speak on it at a special uh, committee session and you know, we've been able to be involved in the process um, and get to know some of the people. We're working with the lobbyists now and um, in, in your campaign, you've been able to sit with the, uh, uh, with the other candidates. You've been able to have uh, uh, meetings with some of the other uh, inner working uh, officials and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I frankly, when I sat there and I watched you debate, I think you did really good. I think, I think you have as much of a chance as the other two, if, and, and in my opinion, um, you were stronger than the other two. Um, one of them, not the other not incumbent, was actually quoting you in his responses, and the incumbent was, in my opinion, a joke. And so, um, you know, and, and this being, you know, your first experience out there in a public way, you did really good. And, and, you know, this is one of these things that nobody comes out into the world as being a great public speaker, you know. You just... You just keep getting out there, and you get a little smoother, and you get your your words come out a little easier, and and you were you did really good. I was actually impressed. Um, I I could tell that you were you were comfortable with your talking points. You were comfortable with your position, and you didn't have to sit there and think about it, and you didn't stammer. Um, you know, it's I know it's I suffer from the same issue. I I get going a little bit too hardcore, and I I, I sometimes got to slow myself down a little bit. But other than that. My God, I think you did great. Um, so, I you know,
0: what do you think? I appreciate it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I appreciate that, Joe, but just so that you know, and I just talked to Kevin about this last night, is we're going to rewrite a new bill because every two years, you know, they kick them out or whatever. So we have to rewrite a new bill. And so what I'm going to do is write a new bill for medical marijuana, and then I'm going to do this a little bit better job than we did last time because now I know who to bring it to beforehand on purpose. So we're gonna yeah, and I don't have only just a weekend I'm going to put it together, and then I'm gonna go meet with all the guys, you know, and I'm gonna make sure everything's approved.
2: Well, I I'm I'm looking forward to it, and you know, I never thought in a million years I would find Kansas as a place that I would frequent um, because I thought I could do some good there, but um, you've you've turned uh, Hayesville and Wichita into uh, into kind of a home base for me, so. Uh,
0: Thanks for that. <laughs> right, no problem, man. It's fun, man. It's, and you know what, bro? We're helping people. You know, we're actually trying to do things and actually on the ground, live action, helping people who get getting unjustly prosecuted, who need anything. You know, we're, we're, we're human rights. We help anybody for any reason. And so you got into that, you know, with the 501c3 and bringing us on to the human solution. So, it, you know, it's just a win, man. It's a great environment. It's a great thing going on.
2: Well, I, I want to say that um, you know today I'm, I'm I'm talking about things I'm grateful for, and I'm really grateful that you and Sarah, you know, picked up the mantle out there in Kansas. We had a chapter in Kansas after the Kyler Carricker case that kind of you know lost its 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 impact, and you guys were able to pick up and really really run with the ball. And you know, Chris Howell coming out driving two hours just to be there. Um, you know that really made me feel great you know when when people are willing to 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 just get out there and do it and everybody everybody i'm working with out there in Kansas, I was able to meet one of the guys that helped work on jennifer 's house and just such a good a good hearted spirit you know they call uh um uh, Kansas you know part of the heartland and i and i I really feel that that's there there's a lot of heart um with the people i've worked with so uh, I just want to let you guys know i'm very grateful. Um, for what you've brought to the Human Solution and all the work that we're doing.
0: Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it.
2: Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, Mike and Sarah, uh, Kansas Chapter, and if somebody wants to get involved, uh, hopefully all this work we're doing is going to cause more people that want to get involved. How do they reach you?
0: Well, you can just go to THSINPL.org. You're on there. You know, you can the Kansas Chapter, Human Solution International on Facebook, Human Solution International, you can find us here in Kansas.
2: You betcha. Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, we'll talk soon, and uh, we'll probably sooner than later, as as luck might have it. All right, I got George Martirano on the line now. Now, George is another uh, man that I'm grateful for. You know, I met George um, through our prison outreach program almost the same time I met Craig. I think I met George before I met Craig. Um, and I can remember talking to George – on the phone, one of the first times, and he was talking about how there's a lot of aging prisoners, um, you know, in the federal system, and that it costs so much for the federal system to, to to care for them and to hospitalize them, and that his idea was to present some kind of a plan that would allow, you know, if somebody was terminal or they were past a certain age or they were just incapacitated, that they'd be able to go home on a on a on a you know home confinement. And then their families would have to cover their bills rather than the federal government. And, you know, it just seemed like a humane, um, compassionate way to uh, end somebody's life. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we we all are human. And there are some bad people, don't get me wrong. There are some actual bad people out there. But I think when you're talking about nonviolent offenders in in the prison system, generally the fact that they're nonviolent offenders. Indicates that maybe they're not evil people. Maybe they're people that have made bad choices. Maybe they're people that got caught up in a situation that was was unfortunate. Um, there's all kinds of reasons why. But if you don't have a victim in your in your rap sheet, you, I gotta think that you're a different kind of a person than somebody who does. Anyways, George um, got out a few years back, and um, I'm grateful because. Most of the people, to be honest, that we've helped over the years have just gone away. Once we get done helping them, they just go on their way. They fly away and never see them again. George is uh, staying in our lives, and he's helping out, and he's helping other people, and he's an active part of the Human Solution. And, George, I'm here with Greg Cecil. Welcome uh, welcome to the show.
4: Hey, Joe. How are we doing? How are we doing? How's my old, my California family out there? You, the wife, everybody, D.D., Kathy, everybody. Well, listen, I want to shout tonight with saying I try to make a bold statement in America. I went and I rolled about a thousand joints and I laid them end to end. And I was going right to City Hall to make a statement to do a big speech. But every time I turned around, they were smoking them all. <laughs>
2: No figure huh? <laughs> <laughs> I you anyway. could do that for years And they would always be gone <laughs>
4: Yeah Every time I laid them down I looked behind, they were gone They were smoking, all I seen was a cloud of smoke <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Anyway Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway how, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that happen to be on the show uh, I have an awful lot of respect For this show Human Solutions and Joe uh, Joe was uh, I said this before you know Joe Joe adv- advocated for me Stringently very hard You know when I was dying in a cell You know I had life no parole I don't know what you mean uh, You know what life no parole means in the feds That means you come home in a body bag And Joe was there for me And now I'm there for him And uh, You know I'm just uh, Currently up to date with me We're, I own the hiphemcafe.com Ladies and gentlemen, the hiphempcafe.com. And uh, by 60 days, we're going to have three more locations. And uh, what? And it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about making money. What I'm happy about, every time I open a location, I get these young people and uh, I get to understand them. They get to understand me. And we try to develop a future. I'm going to introduce you to one of my young ladies right now. This is Hova and Mar- Hey,
1: how you doing?
4: Joe from Yuma Salucci. Hey, Joe. Hova, what do you think about what I'm doing to help you um, young people?
1: Let me just say I love working for George. He's an absolute sweetheart. Um, he's a wonderful boss. treats um, all employees with respect, but um, the best thing about George is that um, his success is also our success, and our success is his success. Um yeah, he's just very uh caring. And what we're doing at the Hip Tax Cafe is we're trying to like erase the stigma around marijuana and um you know, uh, all those who are incarcerated for nonviolent drug offences, um, you know, we just want to show them that uh you can turn it around and you can uh have a successful business um you know, without having to do time and all that stuff, so
4: thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, ladies and gentlemen, that that's what it's all about. That's why uh, they kept me in prison 32-plus years. Now I'm out, and I'm trying to help our country by creating jobs through the CBD industry, you know, helping people come thirsty for the money. And that's, getting in, that's what makes me annoyed because I was supposed to do five years, and I did 32-plus. Imagine if I would have did the five years where I would be out now helping young people. So uh, I'm not angry. I'm not angry, of course, but that's what it's all about. You know, guys do a lot of time. Uh, we have a lot of friends that are just starting to come home, but, you know, they have the mindset of the same as me. Uh, <clears throat> I said this before on the show. You know, I was a prolific uh, mentor and educator in prison. That was one of the deciding factors. I graduated over 8,000 inmate students. But every time I went many different prisons and I needed assistance and I needed help, you know, I wasn't Superman. Some days I I didn't feel good. I had a cold or something. But every assistant I had for thirty two plus years in several classrooms was guys that were there for marijuana. They made the best sense, and they were men of their words, so... And that's what this show's all about, Joe. That's what this show's all about.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, George, I just uh I'm really to hear about, you. and uh, you know, you're 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 staying with it, and you know, you're taking,
1: you're taking
2: everything you're doing, and you're you're bringing an element of humanity and, and working to help uh, the greater good with it. You know, you keep getting out there, and you're you're more and more people, and and you know messages that uplifting and, and positive. So uh, that's what it's all about: is is you keep talking, you keep helping, sharing the word, and uh, you know working together. I think that unity and working together is critical to all of
4: Well, listen, I'm dying to get out there. You know, we're we're living in strange times, but I will be out there. I'll be out west soon.
2: All right. I look forward to
4: it. Yeah. yeah take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.
2: George, stay strong and
4: take care. Thank you. you. Thank you, been been you Joe. Thank I
2: you. Thank you. All right. I don't think you heard it. You know, the, one of the problems we have is everybody's got cell phones. <clears throat> and so when, when we're trying to get a good, clean connection, um, I run this through a landline. So I know mine's at least clean, but everybody's computer connections and uh, cell connections are often spotty, so it's it's hard, um, you know, to to make it work. But we make it work. All right, so here's the deal. We do this sometimes. Um, I got a little long-winded in the beginning of the show, as I tend to do, and I've got still a few people um, that are here to talk. My rule is simple. If you call into the show um, and you want to talk, you will always get a chance to talk. And if i got to run the show a little long, we run the show a little long. So we're going to jump into the caller part of this show. And um, I've got Dana, I've got uh, Glenn, and I've got Kathy Z all on the line. And uh, I'm going to start in – well, I'm going to bring up Glenn first because sometimes he has to go. Now, Glenn just uh, finished a case. We've been supporting his case for – geez, it's been over two years. When I first met Glenn – uh, his wife, Peggy, had reached out to us because Glenn was in in custody, and um, she reached out and told us about the case, and we, you know, established our connection. And we did the same thing we still do, you know, call in the show, tell us about what's going on, um, you know, sign up into the Human Solution, and and tell us about your about your story. What what is it that we can do? And these are all things that um, they did. Glenn got out um, and began working with us. And, um, you know, he had, he had a, a felony case that was in, it, it was one of these situations that, um, you know, kind of like my case was in California, you know, we were, we were supposed to have a law that allowed me to do what I was doing. And yet I got charged with doing the thing that, we weren't allowed to do, and it happens all the time. We deal with cases like that all the time. Well, it was the same situation. Um, he was in a state that allowed for certain uses, um, and they charged him saying, you weren't following those those uses. Well, his wife um, dealing with all kinds of medical issues and uh, you know, fought this thing for over two years. At the same time, Uh, Glenn decided to get involved with the human solution and start a chapter in Ohio. And during the course of the time that he was fighting his case, he was helping other people fight their case. And there were several cases that came along that, um, um, you know, Glenn and Peggy and and the Ohio uh, creative care beacon chapter uh, were able to rally support and, and be there for. Um, and just recently, uh, I believe it was day before yesterday, um, their case ended up getting resolved. So, without further ado, we got Glenn Keeling. And before you get on the line, I want to let you know that I'm grateful um, that you've come into this organization and you've established a chapter. And um, you know, most of the people, and I, I keep saying this, and I don't say it with sour grapes. I don't say it with. I say it with a little frustration because I always am the like crazy eternal optimist i'm the guy who believes that if it can happen it will happen right and so i'm the guy who always says yeah look at all these 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 opportunities we have and look what we could do right i i'm that guy and so most of the time when we support somebody they as soon as their case is over they vaporize and you don't ever hear from them again and so i get that you know you get your heart broken basically you know, you get to know people, and you care for them, and you help them, and 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 you you put yourself out there, and then they just literally go away, like you weren't even there. And you literally, I think that's what it is. You just kind of get your heart broken a little. And but Glenn and Peggy have pledged that they're uh, they're in it till the end, till we end prohibition, and they've set up a chapter. And frankly, I'm going to hold them to it. So let's hear about the good news, Glenn. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey Joe, thank you very much. Uh, that that was an amazing uh, introduction. And yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Peggy and I uh, before our case, you know, we were activists. We we you know, we ran around and, and supported people, and we did things. We you know had events and stuff, but it was just Peggy and I, you know. And and you know, we come along, you know. I caught a case, and and you know, here's the human solution. So. For for Peggy and I, honestly, man, I I we were activists before this happened, and and you know we continue to be activists throughout our case. You know, cause long time ago I, I realized, you know, and, and honestly, and it, and it absolutely true that it was just it was more than just Peggy and I sitting at that table fighting that case, man. There were so many people that's going to come after us, that's, you know, going to have to face the same thing. So many people before us sat there. You know, um you know, we weren't sitting there alone, so it was it made it pretty easy fighting, you know, our case as we fought it. Um and the outcome was amazing because the plea deal we were looking at, we were you know, eighty four months uh, ten year suspension uh of, of license and, and seventeen thousand dollar fine for Peggy. I was looking at ninety months, um fifteen years license suspension and uh a thirty seven thousand dollar fine, you know to go from you know from beginning from from you look looking at twenty one to fifty six years to being broken down to that to walking away with just probation, um, no mandatory fines, there's no suspension of our license or anything so um for what our case was and what it you know as long as we fought it was two years and nine months um to walk away with five years probation you, you know the, the prosecutor got the you know conviction but we got the win um and that's all there is that's how we feel you know we you know we're not sitting in prison and our case is over so we're happy with the outcome but we're not going to stop you know because there's, gonna, there's like i said you know peggy and i weren't the only ones sitting at that table and it's a lonely place to be sitting in there being a defendant, you know, defending your life and and liberty and possessions, you know, because of a plant that, you know, is pretty lonely sitting there. And and I was thankful and very thankful and still thankful for the human solution. Um, And it's only right that we continue to do what we've been doing the whole time. And um, now it's not just Peggy and I, we've got an entire organization behind us doing what we are doing. So, yeah I'm 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 absolutely ecstatic and and proud to be part of the human solution and very glad that everybody pulled through and and uh public awareness I can't say it enough public awareness is huge um and public support
2: Absolutely and and you know it's important for everybody to understand um when we're supporting a defendant there isn't a cookie cutter answer to these things you know, I I fought my case for six years. I got in six years. I got I had three felony cases. I got locked up five different times, and and it was just a grueling thing. But I didn't have a sick wife, and my kids were grown up, and I was able to more or less take on the battle myself. And my wife stood by me, and I knew she was going to stand by me. And it I had I had the the support of enough community that 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 empowered me to stand and. And fight it, but you know what? I we've had a I don't know how many different ways that this has played out, and and you said it right. The win is that you didn't go to prison. The win is that you, got, you you're able to use your medicine. The win is that you're not uh, inhibited in any way. You're not locked. You know you don't have your license suspended. You're not hobbled. You're not you're not bound to uh, a home confinement or, or or really anything. And I think once you get past a a couple of months of reporting and showing up that, you know, you're in their system that you will probably not even have to report. Um, And, and, and what people need to understand, and I know that, you know, there's some people that have this in their mind that, you know, you, you have to fight every case all the way to the box. And, you know, I, I would want that to happen if everybody could, but the truth is that's not a, a reality for a lot of people. And, you have to realize that the community support is about the best outcome for you, the defendant, or the ex-defendant. You're not even a defendant anymore. And and I think that that's what's important for people to realize is that you know we're not we're not social media warriors. These are real people. These are real people that are caring caring for and caring about real people. And whatever the best situation. is, and that's the situation that we support. And we've had a number of cases that have settled out in the end that turned out to be the best thing that could have happened. And we've had cases where people have gone to trial and lost, and because of the support, they didn't end up doing prison time. Um, there's been plenty of cases where they went to trial and won. There is not one way that anything ever plays out. And there's so many variables. The one thing that's constant, and this is important for everybody to realize, the one thing that's
1: constant
2: is that the Human Solution International is about us, the people, caring about the people that are being victimized by this drug war. And that's the one thing that matters. That's the one thing that needs to grow. We need to get more people that care more about the people that are that are that are being victimized. And that's the only thing that matters. So I'm really proud of you guys for standing your ground as long as you did and that, you know, you were able to muster up the support you did. I saw Fifteen or twenty people that came to court with you guys, and you know what? Um, it 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 was a testament to the victory there. So, good job, and your work is just getting started, my friend. You got a live chapter going on now, and now you are that Creative Care Beacon out there in Ohio. And how does somebody find you if they find themselves in trouble and need some help?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm real easy to find. You can go to our page. It's the Creative Care Beacon. Um, we are the Ohio chapter of the human solution international or you find me Glenn Keeling. And if you, you know, want to, you know, more personal, please dial 419 because I will answer and talk with you.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope, uh, I hope Peggy is doing a lot better without the pressure of all this on her. And it'll probably take a little while. I know uh, Craig, um, you know, you've been out now for almost a month now, or maybe a little more than a month. Um, have you finally, like, relaxed, or are you still living in, the, living in kind of the, the anxiety
3: of, uh,
2: of, of that alternative world? I'm finding myself
5: still lost in this world after uh, what I like in a too is walking out of a time machine after 18 years.
2: Exactly.
5: Today I went to the, to the bank to open up a an account, and they said, well, the, your address is P.O. Box wow. that's Kentucky. And uh, so how could you open an account? That's the address for the United States Penitentiary at Big Sandy. Right, <laughs> right.
2: It's all things that people would never expect to encounter. Well, and I think that that's something that people have to realize that, you know, underneath it all or or maybe not underneath it all but right right in the front of it all the reason why we need to end cannabis prohibition, the reason why we need to decriminalize this and that's just one of the many things we're here looking to change is the real trauma that this brings to people's lives. People's lives are actually destroyed over this. You know, Craig you're a strong man and you're 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 recovering. You've got the support of your loving family and and you're you're gonna come out of it okay but not everybody has all that support Strength, and that's what the human solution's about. It's just being, being there for the people that are going through the, the the unbelievable trauma of this kind of an experience. You can't even fathom it, and that's all I got to say to anybody. Even if you've been locked up for a little while over this, but imagine, you know, being in a world where you didn't have any hope of getting out for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden, whoop, your whole world flipped upside down. It's it, it's surreal. It's like the the, the nicest way to put it. So, you know, if anybody is is, is thinking about, um, you know, gee, I'm listening to these stories, and I think that, um, I think that I I might be able to get involved and and just be there. You know, a lot of times all we do is listen, and 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 take a phone call and 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 hear hear the the people out and and offer you know some kind words or 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 some experience that we've all got experience with this, it matters. And so, you know, if you're thinking about getting involved, you know, the Human Solution is a great organization um, that does nothing but good for these folks. So, Glenn, I appreciate you being here. I'm, I'm dragging way over time right now, so I'm going to plow through the last couple of callers. But uh, I, I appreciate you being here, and I look forward to working with you more as we're moving along.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you very much for, again for the human solution and, and being here.
2: You betcha. That's what we do. All right. Coming up next, we got Dana Bland. Now Dana um, is another one that I'm grateful for. Her. Dana was fighting a case with his wife, and uh, in Missouri, and um, you know he stood his ground, and ultimately, uh, you know what happens sometimes when, in these cases is if you just stand your ground and they don't have enough of a case, and they don't have a strong enough, you know, a lot of times this is about egos. I swear to God, these uh, these prosecutors, I, I, I think they dig in on some of these cases just for the, the pride of it all. They're used to winning so much that when somebody stands up, they, they, they take offense to it, and sometimes they dig in even deeper just because of that. Um, but but Dana and his wife stood up, and, and at the last second, that uh, the state flinched and he ended up, um, with a settlement that was even, even sweeter than, uh, um, than, than what, uh, Glenn and Peggy's was and, um, and Dana also pledged that he was going to stand his ground and be there with us and he started a chapter in Missouri, the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter and, um, they're supporting a number of cases right now and, uh. Dana, for that I'm grateful for you and, and your lovely wife and uh welcome welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, things are things are starting to uh, get a little busy here in Missouri again. But David's trying to call we got a case up in California, Missouri. Uh it was continued to August the nineteenth, I believe. And as for Zach Zalazar, and then I just got a word of a new case. I hope it's not blocking you out. It's uh, not
1: uh-huh. a new
3: case coming up, maybe uh, with a lady up in northern, closer to well, in his same area uh, where they took and uh, arrested them, and they were medical patients. And then the doc, the judge, decided because uh, he didn't think any. Cannabis was legal including medical In this state until they passed You know get get every, the, the sentries open And said because they had seeds Well they, they broke every law around the book But they, t- they she didn't go to jail But they took her kid away from her So we're going looking at that And then of course we got One up there uh, uh, North of Jeff City With uh, Adele Wisdom and, uh, they, they, they've been harassed and they're both running for office and you know, that's the whole thing behind it is because they're running for office for the Republican party to try to take an overturn prohibition. And, uh, but yeah, my legs are, I, I'm things I'm the, the only night bad, good thing about the virus thing going on right now is it slowed things down a little bit and, uh, I mean, I've been down with my knee, and it's finally getting almost better. And then I got to be on uh, got to be on the Wendy Love Ed show the other day. Uh, the,
2: so it was it's
3: been pretty good.
2: Yeah, she's uh, she's great, and um, you know, she's real supportive of the work we're doing, and she's supportive of the Walk for Change, and you know, that's part of what's going on. Another thing I'm grateful for are. In in all of the work that we've been doing, finally, we're getting a number of of activist leaders and organizations that are actually working together with us, Um, and a number of people that are doing um, other podcasts and shows. Um, We're we're, we're working together, and we're starting to to speak with one voice, and and as we have the same guests that we pass around, uh, we're able to to share a single message out in, in farther places. So. I feel like we're really starting to get some cohesiveness, even though every once in a while you get these free radicals that bounce around and cause all kinds of, of, of chaos and and mayhem. The truth is that it it makes the rest of us that are standing together, look at each other going, what the heck was that? And we just keep, keep, keep back to work. And and we begin to kind of rely on each other and count on each other for um, our stability and our grit and our support. So, um, Dana, we're running way late. So, um, I, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to, if they need some help out in Missouri? And not only that, but if they want to help you, I mean, I think that it's important as we're sending our our message out. It's not just if you need our help, but if you want to help. We we need both sides of that. We got a lot of of court support, and there's a lot of ways that you could help being part of a chapter. And um, you know, this virus can't get in our way. Um, we're we're stronger than it, and we can communicate any which way. We're technologically savvy. We're fearless, and we'll get out there and do what we need to do. Um,
3: and how how
2: does uh, somebody how does somebody get uh, get in touch with you?
3: Uh, we're Hope for Change in the End of Prohibition, the Human Solutions Chapter, International Chapter, Court Support here in Missouri uh my number is 417-847-7974 and I want to congratulate uh Glenn and Peggy Sue for what they got instead of what they could have gotten because I think the judge really uh took a listen to all the activists out there that were backing them up and uh then yeah we, we need to really get out there and help people and 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 not slow down and and stay loud and uh as long as we do that, we'll get better results than than if we didn't do anything
2: absolutely, absolutely well, how does that uh, i you know it's funny the the live stream just flickered off and then came back on, and you know, I don't think I've run a show in the last six months that didn't have some kind of a technical glitch one way or another but, Bobby's fault yeah, Bobby's fault, you know Bobby's at, at at the core of just about anything that goes wrong, so just remember that yeah. if you ever have <laughs> any problems in your life, come see me and I'll point you at Bobby. It'll be his fault. There's no question.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So, anyways, that being said, how does somebody get a hold of you uh, if they want to get involved?
3: Okay. Uh, We're Hope for Changing the Inner Prohibition, uh, Human Solution International, Chapter Court Support uh, here in Missouri. And you can always get a hold of me on a couple, several pages on Facebook, because that's where I'm mainly at. And my number is 417-847-7974. And, Craig, congratulations for you getting out, and we're still behind you to try to get all that stuff dropped off of you. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Thank you. But now I'm, a, now I'm actually going to be a prisoner with the access to help other people uh, facing uh, all the things that they're facing. I'm in I'm in a really uh good situation now and I'm I'm
2: gonna capitalize on it. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. that's you know that's the key to all of this is that, you know, as each of us, every once in a while you find yourself in a strong point and you find yourself in a weak point. When you're in a weak point you've got somebody to hold on to and help pull you up. But when you're in a strong point it turns around and you've got a little bit of extra mojo and uh, you know i'm I'm excited to uh watch you craig you know get yourself in a position where um uh, you're gonna be able to fire back and um you know become become on the offense in this rather than you know always being reactive so it's exciting stuff that's happening all right we're gonna keep on our in our uh, lightning round here we got kathy z um kathy z is um She's a dear friend and a family member. You know, to me, she's she's a, a, a sister, um, a, an aunt, almost a mom. I don't know. She's just a dear, a dear family member. She's somebody who I couldn't be more grateful for, because not only once, but twice, when I was in a helpless place, I was locked up in the Twin Towers, um, unable to get out you know, and um, the only way that I was ever going to get out is if somebody came forward and made it so that I could get out, Um, and two times, one time was just a ridiculous uh, situation, and um, she came up, and, you know, I didn't really even know her that well when all this was going on, but for whatever reason, um, she was, she was driven to or believed in in, in in me and the work we were doing and I gotta say um, the the selfless act that she made I every day remember and and I use it to inspire me when when crazy people are out spewing venom and causing havoc and and causing problems and trying to undo all the good work that we do I I, I use that experience of being locked up and 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 hearing that you know roll them up and 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 I can still remember that and finding out what happened when it all happened um, and how it happened. Um, in in the world of activism, you run into every kind of person. You run into evil people. Um, you run into. Um, angry people, you run into apathetic people, you run into um, people that mean well but are just friggin' nuts, you run into um, good people that are kind of incompetent and uncapable, and then you run into every once in a while, every once in a great while you run into just what I call an angel, somebody who just is exceptional and um, has a, a, a heart and is willing to act on that, and I just You know, I try to say nice things about people, sometimes it's easier than others, Um, but in this case, I couldn't say enough nice things, I could talk for hours, and I could never uh, express the gratitude I have uh, for Kathy Z being in my life, so um, without further ado, Kathy Z, welcome to the show.
7: Hi, Joe, and hi, Craig, it is such a joy to see you co-hosting, wonderful, uh, as far as gratitude, that's what I'm calling about today. And you talk about gratitude for me, but for you, Joe, I have gratitude every day because you have made my life so much better in the last uh, 10 years. And you've given me my health back. You've helped me fight for a cause that I've always fought for. And now, we're getting to see what we planted as a seed all those years ago and it's growing into a tree, a tree of life that's going to change and make things better for all of us, all of our family and everyone that comes after us.
2: Well, that was always the plan and uh, you know, it you're right. I think it's really starting to come together. I think we've got enough real good strength that's coming together to make this happen and you know, in less than uh, two months, we're going to have elections um, for the Human Solution, and, um, you know, this will be, I don't know, I think our fourth or fifth election cycle. Um, every other year, we, we, we you know, renew our commitment to leadership, and, um, you know, we have a complete, a true democratic election, and every member gets to vote, and the the board and the executive uh, uh, directors are, <laughs> um, you know, are... are changed out as needed and and those that stay are usually there um with a with a heartfelt commitment as uh, this is not a glory position and it's certainly not a paid position um it's just mostly a bunch of work and you subject yourself to a lot of grief um but it's worth it because when you see the work that we do and the benefit you know I, i get to sit here and look at craig who's not in a prison cell and i think to myself that that's in some small way or in some some not so small way, um, because of all the people that cared enough to uh, make a difference, um, and and all the people that we're talking on the phone today, um, most of them in some way have been impacted by the work we've done, and and to know that they're out there helping and 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 reaching out to the next to the next, to the next group of people, I can't help but think that we're going to win this. I can't help but think that we're going to come to a place where maybe we can just have a big event just to celebrate um that there isn't anybody locked up in prison for putt anymore and and maybe we'll go on and 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 take on you know another challenge that that you know the government has so well kathy we're real short on time i appreciate everything and um you know you've been a a long time member you're a board member of the human solution and been a long time member of uh the headquarters chapter and uh you know, we we'll just keep on going.
7: Amen. Keep on trucking, as they say. Love you both.
2: All right, love you too. Thank you, Katie. All right, we got Tom Corby. We're uh, sheesh. We're we're an hour and twenty-five minutes into a one-hour show. <laughs> so if if you can do the math on that, you can realize that uh, we're definitely in overtime. And um, but Tom Corby always gets the last word. Well. Craig will get the very, very last word. Actually, I'll probably get the... Actually, Willie Nelson will get the very, very last word. But Tom will get the last word before I get the last word before Craig gets the last word. (laughs) Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How
8: are you doing today? Joe, my age. I want to thank you and all those on the front line, a Coffee Party radio show, Lisa, and this special backup, I had trouble getting in the show today, and uh, Becca got me in. It took me about a half hour. Uh, I'm sure glad to be here. Uh, When we talk about uh, keeping Kimmel case, uh, congratulations again. And, uh, yes, like Joe was saying, uh, if you're not going through this, and believe me, uh, you have family, uh, sometimes... respect that they felt that they had the best they were going to get and, and they did didn't have to go to jail that's big time uh, I really believe these, these letters uh, are, are paramount and listen uh, uh, that judge is human like all of us and he's hearing us uh, Craig Sheetal, uh, uh shout out to Craig again Spanish ground, and uh, I want to share another case uh, relative to his, and I think Joe remembers back probably eight years ago or nine, I'm not sure, Rick Toggoldi Trucking uh, in Chico uh, had 28 counties here in Duke County. Uh, we paid for course for. Many times I think Bill might have came once, and uh, thank him for coming up here, Cassie B, and and the crew down there. Always lived to Patricia. Uh, he uh, we he finally after about forty thousand dollars, he just got rid of all his CDs and all his attorneys, and he went proceed go firm. Well, we went in one day. I don't know if Bill was in that, there that day We went in for just another Hearing And we heard, we could not believe uh, The DA Said Dropping all 28 charges At the judge, the judge Said, are you kidding me? All 28 charges were were Dropped and this case was dismissed I really believe Craig, right now as you know, what we've now Had support we do uh, I think that you'd have got a better shape. Thank you. And I'm just glad you're out there out here with us. And and Joe brought out a two. too. All these cases, uh, they're getting weaker weaker because what what? Two grams. I, I believe Joe Kavanaugh definitely heard that. Just two grams. I can get my test in Kansas. I believe that that they have to that they're going to be embarrassed if they take this and for 12 people. So that's what we do. We <laughs> stick. Down. We never take to zero. We always take them to trial. Throw the 995 dismiss trial cause motion. And make them sick of this. That's what we do. Stand your ground. Thank you all again today. And like I said, oh by the way, also we also sent our uh, uh, letters that said, like postcards. To uh, Richard D.C. A uh, clemency uh, letter That we're doing now too I'm sure Jill knows about it So we've already survived five, five. Richard D'Lisi And he's been in there many many years also I think over 30 years Jill. So,
2: Yeah we've been so we supporting did. Richard and his family for I don't know Almost 7 or 8 years So yeah definitely well, yeah. we need we need to keep up the pressure. Richard needs to get out. It's another, another ridiculous situation. Nobody should be uh, locked up for 30 years for for a nonviolent offense of any kind, uh, but especially not for uh, cannabis charges. It's just entirely ridiculous, and you know it's time to time to make that change. All right, Tom. Well, I appreciate as always. Um, and uh, Craig, I guess uh, my last words are: you get to have the last words here. Hey,
5: my last word is to remind everybody, every day this week, email somebody, call them, uh, get a hold of any lawmaker at any level and say, you know, this is what you need to do. We need to decriminalize marijuana once and for all.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody being here. Craig, I appreciate you. I appreciate Becca and everybody else who's helped make this show amazing. And, uh, you know, we can't cram an hour show into an hour. It takes us an hour and a half to do it. And uh, old Willie Nelson waited for us to the very end, and we will see you all next week.
3: Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson
6: Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners
8: because no one should go to jail for a plant.
1: Little things I should have said and done You were always on my mind